Hello, listeners. It's Lawrence Coletti, executive producer of Legal Talk Network. I want to tell you about one of our longest-running and most informative shows, The Digital Edge. Each month, our expert hosts Sharon Nelson and Jim Calloway talk with renowned authors, speakers, and legal technology gurus about tools, tips, and tricks for running a successful legal practice. If you're seeking a competitive advantage for your firm, make sure to catch The Digital Edge on our website at LegalTalkNetwork.com, in Apple Podcasts, or on your favorite podcasting app. And now, on to the show. So you're an attorney, and you've decided to go out on your own. Now what? You need a plan, and you're not alone. Join expert host Adriana Linares and her distinguished guests on New Solo. Tune in to the lively conversation as they share insights and information about how to successfully run your law firm. Here on Legal Talk Network. Welcome back to another new solo episode on Legal Talk Network. This is your host, Adriana Linares. I'm a legal technology trainer and consultant. I spend all my days helping lawyers and law firms figure out how to use technology better. It's a job I really, really love. Before we get started, I want to make sure and thank our sponsors. So I'm going to take a couple moments of your time. Don't fast forward me to tell you about the four great sponsors that help make this show possible. Answer One is a leading virtual receptionist and answering service provider for lawyers. You can find out more by giving them a call at 800-ANSWER-1 or online at www.answerone.com. And that's answer1.com. Thanks to our sponsor, Clio. Clio's cloud-based practice management software makes it easy to manage your law firm from intake to invoice. Try it for free at clio.com, and that's C-L-I-O.com. I want to make sure and thank Perfectit. They are a legal-specific proofreading software that locates mistakes that neither spell check nor the most eagle-eyed attorney can find. Try Perfectit for free intelligentediting.com. They were kind enough to give us a 10-day discount. So if you would like a small discount on Perfectit, you can enter the discount code NEWSOLO when you go to checkout. Unbundled Attorney is a premium lead generation service that delivers exclusive leads directly into your inbox in real time. Looking to get more leads and grow your practice? Visit unbundledattorney.com today. That's it for our commercials. Of course, I always want to thank our sponsors very much. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here with D. Todd Smith. Hey, Todd. Hey, Adriana. How are you? I'm great. How's Austin, one of my favorite cities in all of America that I don't visit often enough? Well, you should come to visit more often. Uh, it's really good right now. We're in the throes of summer. Uh, 100 degrees plus pretty much every day <laughs> at this point. But I we're used you. to it. We're, yeah. we're used to it. At least we don't have, uh, in Austin, we don't have Houston's humidity or the humidity from, from Florida. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's bearable as long as you can go uh, in between air-conditioned zones uh, pretty quickly. That's how I do it in Florida. All I try to do is move between bodies of water, you know, pools <laughs> and lakes and rivers and oceans. So um, tell us a little bit about your practice and what you do in Austin. I am a civil appellate lawyer. Uh, I represent plaintiffs and defendants. I'm not committed to one or the other. Uh, we just view cases on their own merit, no matter what side they come from. And so being a civil appellate lawyer can mean a lot of things. I, I write briefs. I research. I take over cases that are going up on appeal from the lawyers who handled them at trial. But in addition to all that, 
uh, I do personally and my firm generally does a lot of law-related work uh, in trial courts that's sort of pre-appeal. Uh, we will get involved in cases even before they're filed sometimes. If we're brought in by a law firm that's uh, got a lot of forethought and can tell from the get-go that there might be some thorny issues that come up in the case. And so we'll we'll work on the, the initial strategy th- really throughout the life of a case even. Uh, but we also do sort of traditional law work like motions for summary judgment and responses, uh, jury charge work objecting to jury charges and also um, the post-verdict sort of pre-judgment motions mm-hmm. phase and then even post-judgment motions. So it, it, there's really a, a wide gamut of things that we do that fall under the rubric of appellate work uh, that don't involve just sitting behind the computer and writing briefs mm-hmm. all day. Because that is really sexy stuff. It's it's hard. You know, yeah. when I was uh, practicing at the big firm, I used to be jealous of my compatriots who did a lot of travel and took depositions because their hours build sitting on an airplane reading a magazine were just as good as my hours build reading cases on Westlaw and actually drafting. And I did a lot more, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, it it's hard to achieve the same level of billable hours doing what, what I do uh, than it is in other areas like uh, just regular litigation. Mm. And how many, when you say we at your busy law firm. How many of you are there? Currently, we have three lawyers and two staff. I say currently because we are very soon, hopefully by the time this airs, we'll be able to announce that we've added another partner. Oh, cool. Uh, Congratulations. To, to Thank you. It's been uh, it's been a long time in the works, and it's very, very exciting. I won't say on the show even who or where it might be, except to say that it, it would not be in Austin. Uh, so we, we may soon, we may soon yeah. have another office to springboard from. Oh, well, that's great. We'll have you come back after that happens and talk about, you know, kind of opening your first, second location. (laughs) Well, I actually already have a second location. Oh, you do? Tell us more. We're based here and myself and one of the other lawyers are here and all the staff are here. We have an office down in far South Texas uh, in a, a town called Harlingen, which is, if you throw a rock really, really hard, you might uh, hit across the border to Mexico. It's just that close. And so there's a long story behind having an office there, but one of our lawyers lives there, and we decided that uh, that was a good place. There's a lot of litigation down in that part of the state. It tends to be very active in litigation, even more so than some of the uh, more urban areas, uh, yeah. the kinds of cases that come through and the and the verdicts that, that juries will uh, render there and, and the appeals that come out of it. So huh. it's a good place for us to have our official second office. And then, yeah, the new location will, would be the third, which sounds incredible, really, to even say it out loud. Oh, really? So it's your first third office. I it's don't even know what I was saying third <laughs> earlier, like for your first second office. Right. Yeah, it's your first third office. It's great. That's pretty exciting. I want to talk about how you got there. Were you at a large firm and then went solo or did you and a partner? How did you start your firm to begin with? Well, I know the focus of your show is is solo. Um, and so... We get a mix. But to answer your question, yeah, I mean, I was a solo, so I'm certainly qualified, I think, to be a guest on the show. I did practice in a large firm. Uh, after I finished a judicial clerkship, I was at a firm called Fulbright & Jaworski, which is now folded into a, a global firm called Norton Rose, now known as Norton Rose Fulbright. 
And at the time, I think we had about 700 lawyers. Right. An empire. Uh, I call those was, firms that size empires. It was a big law It's a lot firm. to manage. Right. Right. And now I think in the current form, I think it's actually more like three or 4,000. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's incredible. Sure. So I did come in at a large law firm and was trained up in their system, and mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, it looked pretty different. certainly looks different than what I'm doing today. Oh, yeah. Um, but after, I think I was there nine years. I left and hung my shingle, which was awesome. a re- really big, big step to take. Um, it always is. Oh, it really was. And looking back, I have no regrets at all about doing it. And things have gone very well for me uh, in my career. And as we sort of suggested earlier, we're in growth mode. Uh, so I cannot complain at all. But so the solo solo life uh, was great, but very interesting. And it brought a new set of challenges, for sure, to my practice. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to decide which direction to go in with that. I think what I want to ask you, because it's always interesting to me when we when I get someone who's been at a firm that size, because the expectations that you have of the technologies that are going to be available to you, because you know I like to talk a lot about practice management and technology and, and business development is typically... If you're an associate at one of those large firms, you don't tend to do a lot of business development. So marketing is something completely new and different. You have a lot of your technologists sort of issued to you and handed to you. And, you know, when I meet lawyers that come from those big firms, they're just not even sure where to start because they, well, first of all, they can't imagine life without something like a document management system. And then other times, right. you know, I meet someone who can't imagine why I would ever want to profile a document. So it's such a funny thing. But I don't want to spend too much time in the past because I know you said it was about nine years ago and technologies were different. So I think what I really want to ask you about is when you decided to go out on your own or at least you know, the path you've taken over the past few years to develop the tools, the partnerships, the arrangements that you have in your firm, those are the types of things that I think are really interesting. So you and I met, the last guest I had too, we met at Ernest Svensson's small firm boot camp, and we started talking. And I always really appreciate these very um, nuanced conferences because any lawyer that, that shows up at these really sort of boutique conferences have a different mindset about the way they approach their practice and the things that they're going to learn and the things that they're interested in. Mm-hmm. So I guess my question to you is, as a successfully solo, now growing law firm, and if you were talking to someone who was just thinking about going solo, other than saying, I did it nine years ago and I have no regrets, which is one of the greatest things any new solo could ever hear, what are a couple of the other things that you would say to them to get started and to think about? And, and what are the experiences you had? Well, one thing I would say is they've got a lot of tools available to them that were not available to yeah. me. I actually started, I was with a firm for nine years. It's been 11 years since I started my firm. So go back to 2006 and remember what things were like oh, oh no. technology-wise. And, you know, I, I had to, you're absolutely right about in big firms, people just sort of taking the equipment and the support for granted. You go from the level of support that a 700-lawyer firm would bring, you know, a dedicated IT manager in each office. 24-7. Uh, yeah, to, you know, emergency contact numbers for, in case your BlackBerry goes out. I mean, <laughs> seriously, BlackBerry. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is kind of funny to me today. But 
so, you know, you go from that level of support to if you're going to go solo, it's literally just you unless you have the forethought to make arrangements to get some services provided to you that are now available that just frankly weren't available back in 2006. So, you know, you got to make all kinds of big decisions. What computer are you going to buy? What software are you going to use? You know, I'm an Apple guy and you really can't go wrong with Apple, but I came from a PC environment and that's what I yep. knew. <laughs> so it was the easy decision for me at the time was, oh, I'll just go buy a, a PC machine, a PC laptop, and because all the software that I can get through it, I already know, and it'll be the learning curve will not be as steep. That was true, but you know the, the consequence of that was, well, somebody's got to maintain this thing, and it was pretty easy for the software to get bloated out and for the thing not yeah. to run, even a brand new machine back then. So, you know, over time, I've I've phased out the PCs and now run an all Apple environment. And I think someone looking to start a practice, if you've got any inclination toward Apple products at all, they're just easier to use. And you're using then, you must be using mostly cloud-based applications and solutions then to help you, or do you have some that are not? Well, no, you're right. And that's that's kind of the next point and okay, where I was good. going is, you know, the next Sorry, decision. Todd. That's okay. The next <laughs> the next decision I had to make, of course, after what computer to buy is what software to get. And those are the days of going and actually getting the CDs and installing the software yeah. on, your, on your hard drive, <laughs> on your on your 120 gigabyte hard drive, if, if it was that big. Uh, or, you know, whatever the size was. It, that was about the limit. You're exactly correct, Adriana. Today is, okay, I can get, you know, even if you're going to get a PC machine, your software is going to be largely, if not entirely, cloud-based, which my view of, of that is that's a huge advantage to the modern-day person hanging out their shingle. Uh, you can pretty much plug into, you know, practice management, uh, timekeeping and billing software that's updated on a, on a regular basis without you even knowing about it. You don't have to go and buy the, the licenses for the updates, install the updates, and so forth. So that, just in terms of the mechanics for a soon-to-be sole practitioner, actually acquiring the tools that you need to do your job, some of them you already have. You've already got probably a smartphone. You know, that didn't exist right. in, in the form it is today in 2006. <laughs> Between a smartphone, you probably got an iPad. You know, that certainly wasn't around. If you can add a, a decent laptop computer to that and get connected with some cloud services, you pretty much have everything you need to practice law. Uh, you kind of really do. It's true. And that's why people are, are so mobile these days. It's such a great advantage for the folks that are inclined to make the jump. It doesn't take away any of the fear or anxiety that, mm -mm. that go along with, with making that decision and, and, and moving in that direction, but at least you're not going to face the technological hurdles that I had to face, you know, back 11 years ago, just large decisions and not really having the kind of service available that just makes it so much easier to, to get rolling. Yeah, it's true. Listen, before we move on and I ask you a couple more questions, let's take a quick break. Don't fast forward me listeners and hear a word from a couple of our sponsors. We'll be right back. Is your firm experiencing missed calls, empty voicemail boxes, and potential clients you'll never hear from again? Enter Answer One Virtual Receptionists. They're more than just an answering service. Answer One's available 24-7. They can even schedule appointments, respond to emails, integrate with Clio, and much more. Answer One helps make sure your clients have the experience they deserve. Give them a call at 1-800-ANSWER-1 or visit them at answerone.com forward slash podcast for a special offer.
Imagine how much faster you could work if you spent less time proofreading. Almost every lawyer wastes hours each week proofreading rather than producing legal work. With Perfectit's American legal style, you spend less time proofreading and have more time to focus on substantive matters. It's easy to use and there's no training required. Try Perfectit for free from intelligentediting.com and start saving time on proofreading today. And we're back. All right, so we're talking to Todd Smith, an appellate attorney in Austin, Texas. My name is Adriana Linares. I'm your host. And Todd was just sort of reminding us of some really good, basic getting started tips as far as thinking about what type of computer you're going to have, what software you're going to, and services you're going to use. You know, Todd, something made me think to ask you this. Do you look toward, because you're in a big bar, obviously Texas, and you don't have to be in a big bar for this question to be applicable. But when you either went out on your own or now as you know, an experienced attorney, do you ever turn to your bar association to learn about its member benefits? Because most bar associations have, you know, member benefits where you get discounts on all sorts of tools, services, and providers. Absolutely. The Texas Bar is very good about that. In fact, they really are. That's why I wanted to mention that. I was just looking, uh, just today, I can tell you a little story uh, that ties directly into this. Um, I was kicking around thinking about you know, what, whether the law firm's URL for our website is going to change with our impending change. And I was looking around at the, uh, at the dot law options. Oh, sure. And, you know, there's something about that that I just find appealing. It, you I know, think all lawyers something, do. Something dot law. It, it, it just yeah. carries a certain, uh, a certain air about it that I think lends some credibility. So I just happened to remember when I was doing this that I saw on the Texas Bar webpage that they were offering a discount for the purchase of a dot law domain. And so kicked it on over to the Texas bar page. And sure enough, in the member benefits section, there it is along with car rental and right. I think even mobile phone service. Yep. And, and Clio, which is one of our sponsors, travel. I know is a benefit with Texas. They do. Sure. They, they sure yeah. do. And so, That's yeah, great. you can definitely shop. You know, if you're looking for uh, almost anything, really, that one of the first places to look would be that page on a big bar site for sure. We even have that here in our local bar. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm pretty heavily affiliated with the Austin Bar Association. And Good. we've even got those kinds of member benefits on a local level. So it, there's really multiple levels potentially of those kind of benefits that, that anyone can take advantage of if they happen to belong to a bar that, that offers yeah. them. Yeah, that's good. Well, good. I wanted to make sure and mention that because that's actually something I think we've not brought in as a good tip before, but that's a good one. Sure. Um, I've been trying to get running from the as a dot law, but they won't sell it to me, but I'm going to work on it. I know people. Hmm. I'm working <laughs> on it. So tell me a little bit about, you know, you were at Ernie's boot camp, and I'm wondering, you know, after nine years of your own firm, 11 years out on your own, do I have that right? Get it backwards. I got it backwards. Okay. Nine years in the big firm, 11 years on Oh, all right. What were the types, at this point in your career, and obviously successful with growing law firm, what are the types of things that you still feel you don't know about and what you were sort of looking for when you go to these conferences? And did you find it? Well, I, I love legal technology. And so... That's why you're I, here, Todd. I, I do not profess to be an expert in it. Uh, there's always things to learn. I've I've known Ernie for a, a long time, and 
uh, I think he and I decided we met more than 10 years ago uh, for the first time. And so I was really pleased to be able to go to his conference this year. It was It's typically been like between Christmas and New Year's, and that was always a tough time for me to get away. He did it in May this year, yeah. which was fantastic. And the timing worked out beautifully. You know, the, I learn, I've learned so much from Ernie just through the, his online course. Yeah. And, and you see different perspectives that different folks bring to the same basic problem. And we all tend to get kind of locked into our, our viewpoint. And sometimes it's hard to break through. And you can research and, and figure out tools that work for you individually, but there may be other tools that you just don't have the time to get into. But if you talk to other sort of like-minded people, it, it's real easy to compare notes and potentially come up with solutions that are things that you wouldn't have thought of on your own. The one great thing about that conference is just there was a great blend of perspectives among not only the attendees, but also the presenters. And oh, yeah. covering everything from the actual technology side and, and tools that really, if you think about it, everyone ought to use, it's just a matter of convincing yourself that this isn't really a gimmick. Like, let's take, for example, Text Expander. You know, it seems a little not really gimmicky, but, you know, there are word processors do some of the same things that Text Expander does. I live and die by Text Expander. Right. But, you know, think about, and you were there, and I, the listeners won't, wouldn't appreciate it if I just said, think about the presentation on, on Text Expander. Well, I can't but, believe it was an hour long. I was like, holy shit, how much can we talk about Text Expander? And there it was, a full hour's worth of information. Right. <laughs> but the way, the, the way that Bernie presented that was, these are ways to use this tool that you probably and, haven't thought of. Right, and as, very practical uses. I mean, Exactly. And so I, I think, we should explain real quick what it is. Sorry, Todd. Oh, sure. In case we have a listener who hasn't heard about Text Expander. So if you explain what it is, and then I am going to explain one of the reasons that I love it so much. Okay. Well, you think about if you're a Microsoft Word user, or even if you're using another software package, they typically have macros or shortcuts that's built into the software that if you execute some combination of keystrokes, it'll take that combination and literally expand it uh, into some pre-programmed uh, universe of characters. So you could have an entire paragraph of text that if you just typed in a few characters and, and a, sometimes a trigger like a period or a semicolon, the software will know what you mean to type by using that trigger is the entire paragraph of text. So you can use it, this is just one example, but you can use it to uh, enter text that you frequently uh, enter with only a minimum of keystrokes and thereby cut down the time for getting that text entered as well and not have to go and cut and paste between documents, which is sort of a cardinal sin in document creation. It just tends to, to carry errors it's over. It's a cardinal sin, but it's what everybody does. It's, you know, the paste button, if you look at all your programs, is always the biggest button because that's what we do. We copy-paste. Yeah. And I'm, I'm as guilty of it as, as other people, but if you study this long enough, you become convinced that one way to cut down on errors in your documents is to use a tool like Text Expander and get the text uh, in a form that's perfect and start yeah. start from there. And then you reduce the number of errors in your documents for things you do over and over. And it's, it's I also kind of, I like to call it a uh, poor man's document assembly uh, or sure. document yeah. origination program because you don't have to have, you can get some of the, the benefits of those more expensive and comprehensive programs with this little tool that just kind of lives on your, on your desktop and yeah. you just enter the characters and, and the beauty of it 
And what makes it, I think, better than uh, just using the Microsoft Word equivalent is that you can use it, it's, it's cross-platform. So you can use it in any software package that you happen to be running. Uh, like if you're in Clio or whatever your timekeeping uh, software is, if you've got the shortcuts set up properly in Text Expander, you can use it in your time entries and it'll carry, Yes. it'll expand the text literally to fit the criteria that you've set forth. And that'll greatly cut down on your time spent entering time. And so that's just one example of the, of the efficiency that you gain from it. Oh, it's just there. It's crazy. Um, I always like to say that one of the reasons I love it so much, and it's sort of in my top five technology tools, is because it's by platform. So they made it cloud based now, and I live in both a Windows and a Mac environment. So it synchronizes my snippets across all my devices and my iPad, which I completely love. So today I spent half my day. Here's what happens to me. I'm buzzing along and I am just being as efficient as one could possibly be. And I'm so proud of myself. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm using text expander. I've got um, all my documents well organized. I'm not wasting any time. I'm moving data left and right. I'm building proposals. I've got invoices going out. Like everything's great. And then all of a sudden it'll be like that sound in a movie where the record player stops. And and something annoys me that I realize I do all the time and I've got to find a solution for it. So that's what happened today. And it's funny that we mentioned Ernie because Ernie's the person that I thought of because he's a Mac and I forget what, what program it was. I don't think it was something native. I think he has an add-on tool that allows him to search his entire computer, including email. Anyway, I was just looking for a desktop-wide search tool that includes Microsoft Outlook emails and attachments. So I spent half my morning testing out a couple of them. I'm looking at a product called Lookeen, so L-O-O-K-E-E-N right now for Windows. And then I also had Copernicus installed this morning and I tested it out for a little bit. Do you have anything like that that you use or on the Mac do you pretty much just use um, Finder? Finder. I, I use Finder for a pretty shallow level search and sometimes it'll give me what I need. I got turned on to a program called How to Spot or Who to, How spot. to spot. I can't I can't pronounce it, but it's spelled funny. It's H-O-U-D-A-H uh, capital S-P-O-T. And it it has oh. a really deep uh, functionality in terms of mm. it will it will do exactly what you just described. It will oh, good. find for the Mac. For the Mac, great. It so will it will it. define or it will find rather documents in your emails. It really literally across every package, every bit of software, you know, Word uh, suite right. or Office and, and suite, you know, email, everything. What I'm trying to do usually, which I think might be different than a lot of lawyers who are looking for an old document. They're not really sure which one it was. They just remember that we use this clause. And what I'm typically doing is I'm just trying to get there quicker. I know exactly where the document is stored or filed, but if I have to dig my way through a bunch of folders, that's a waste of my time. So I was really looking for a way to be able to put in Todd Smith and it just takes me straight to a folder called Todd Smith, but then also all the emails in the document. So anyway, I just wanted to mention that that's another tool that you know our listeners should add to their toolkit along with text expander and a practice management program is the ability to or a tool that helps you quickly and efficiently search through everything um, yes. 
is important. What are your other favorite? Like, give me one more before we go to a break. One other, you know, you love legal technology. Tell us a little bit about your technology setup. Oh, gosh. Okay. Well, I invested the money in a, a fiber internet connection here in the office. And so my latest gizmo, if you will, is Ooh. I am, we, not too long ago, in fact, right after this conference, we decided to let uh, Ruby receptionists host our phones. And I had to uh, come up with a new solution for conference calling because the provider that I had before that, um, I was frustrated with them. They were a voiceover internet uh, provider. Had a, had a good conference calling service. But I needed to be able to get around the limitation that, that Ruby had, which was they don't host conference calls. So I mean, there's some good choices out there. But the, one, mm-hmm. the, the option that I decided to pursue really is I'm going to almost exclusively do video calls. Because, ah, interesting. Yeah. One of the things that's a, a bit challenging, given what I do, I'm, I'm working with lawyers uh, from all over the state uh, in all kinds of practice arenas. And I have, I couldn't tell you how many clients who have hired me over the years and I've never met them face to face. I love hearing that because I want lawyers to know that you can successfully manage a case without meeting face to face. Not every time, but that it's just, I just want them to believe it can be possible. So we're wireless here, but with the fiber connection and the way Wi-Fi is these days, you know, if you've got yeah. good good internet and a good Wi-Fi, you're good to go. And so we're I'm just getting started on this, but I just this just this week I uh, signed an agreement with a, a video conference provider, and I'm going to use the heck out of it, uh, and I'm really going to push it because I'm, you know, one of the things that I, I like to say is. I will find whatever the software package is and I'll find a way to push the envelope on it. <laughs> and I'll ask the questions that other people don't ask for whatever, for some reason. I don't know. I'm just, I think I've said in other places that I'm technologically curious and think that things ought to solve problems. Uh, and I think of the problems that they should solve. And so <laughs> I, I thought about, you know, why in the world I've got, I've got three cameras. I've got two monitors in my office with cameras, plus my, my MacBook monitor. If you add my iPad, I've got, monitors all over the place there's no reason in the world why i should just sit here and be on an audio call with somebody that's you know however far away they are and because you you pick up so much in the uh, Mm. nonverbal communication that gets lost on the traditional conference call so i'm really starting to invest uh, time and money in a video calling service that's really just going to be one of our main communication platforms i think that's great so are you going to tell us which one it is I don't mind telling you which one it is. It, it's Zoom. <gasps> I was so hoping you would say that because otherwise mm-hmm. I was going to have to say, well, my favorite is. So I've been using Zoom for a really long time. It's super inexpensive. fourteen ninety nine a month? For one host. I believe for that's one correct. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So even if it was for three, I mean, you could triple that and it would still be inexpensive. It is such a good service. It has an add-in, just so you know, for Outlook for the PC. So I don't know if it has it for the Mac, but, you know, I can click inside of Outlook to schedule a meeting, start a meeting, and then it creates an appointment, and then it sends all the details. But the cool thing about Zoom, the reason that – one of the reasons I like it so much is it's so easy to use. We were doing – I do some consulting for the Florida Bar Board of Governors and often have meetings that involve really random types of people, a judge from – you know, the middle of Florida where maybe they don't have that good of technology. So he's going to come in on his Samsung iPhone because of security purposes, Uh, Mm -hmm. a librarian, a lawyer, a law student, you know, and we have never, ever, ever 
ever had a problem with someone either connecting or figuring out how to use it or just having, you know, if somebody has a, a bad connection, it's not Zoom's fault. It actually optimizes even, I think, some of the worst connections. And it's always a high def video and you can record the whole thing and you can have a private chat and you can share documents. I mean, it does all of the things that you hope a video conferencing system can and would do. So I absolutely love that product and I think it's affordable and great. So I'm glad you mentioned it. Yeah, I actually have gone ahead and, and spent the money for a more uh, feature-filled version mm-hmm. of it, and I'm I'm got a lot of plans for it. I would like to start a podcast, uh, awesome. and I and I actually am thinking. I know people. I'm sort of I'm sort of I know you do. <laughs> I, I'm actually kind of thinking radically here. It's like, well, why you, you know, podcasts? Yes, they're audio only, but why not have a video? of the podcast, you know, do video between the, or the guest and the host. Yeah. Can I take a self-serving moment? Go ahead. I hope my producer is listening because I have had that same idea. And wouldn't it be wonderful if you and I, Todd, were looking at each other? Maybe we can, we can do, we should have done one. Okay. We I know should've. what we're going to do. Here's we'll what do we're going to do. Next time. Exactly. When you, we said, we're going to have you come back after your first third office opens up and how did that go and all the stuff. And then we're going to do that one by video. Yeah, I, why not? I mean, there's why really not? no reason not to. It's kind of like a live radio show. I mean, it's the same thing. People will actually watch that, right? Yeah, so that's you know it. that's one idea I have for it. And we can wrap it back to the theme of the show, of course. You know, the, the new solo. This is something that again was not available to me in in 2006, but it's easy to purchase. And from everything I can tell, I'm still getting trained on it, but easy to use as well yeah. and stable. And think about, you know, what, what are the differentiators between lawyers and, and law firms? A lawyer who is willing to put this out there for potential clients as an option, it's an instant differentiator. Totally. Because lawyers don't do it. They just don't. Nope. And, and clients so, love it. Right, right. So I'm going to offer it to all of mine who want to take advantage of it. And the other use that I've, that I've come up with for it, uh, besides video calling with clients, podcast recording, uh, is they have a webinar option. So we're looking just sure. in terms of our, our marketing overall. You know, just, There's so many uses for it. If we decided we wanted to, to host a webinar, an educational webinar for clients, it's right there. And you can screen share. It's, it's like me sitting next door or next to my partner in the, uh, South Texas, and we can see each other's computer screens. It's really unbelievable. I love it. Well, listen, let's take a quick break and hear another couple of commercials from our great sponsors, and we'll come right back and pick up where we left off. Are you a family law, immigration, or estate planning attorney looking to attract new leads and retain more clients? Join hundreds of other solos and small firms just like you who use Unbundled Attorney to receive premium, exclusive leads delivered directly into their inbox in real time. To learn more about how their lead generation services can grow your practice, Subscribe to the Unbundled Attorney Mastermind Podcast or visit unbundledattorney.com today. Imagine what you could do with an extra eight hours per week. That's how much time legal professionals save with Clio, the world's leading practice management software. With intuitive time tracking, billing, and matter management, Clio streamlines everything you do to run your practice from intake to invoice. Try Clio for free and then get a 10% discount for your first six months when you sign up with the code NEWSOLO10. That's NEWSOLO10. And do that at Clio.com, C-L-I-O.com. Clio 
So we're back. I'm Adriana Linares. I'm talking to Todd Smith in Austin, Texas. We were just rambling on about how much we love the idea of using more video conferencing and meetings and uh, doing cool things with video in his law office, which I hope everyone starts. I mean, it's the future. Everybody's going to start doing that. It's just going to be about five years before, like you said, Todd, it's a non-differentiator at least. So I think that's really cool. What else? Tell us a little bit about your tech setup. So you've got um, is everyone a Mac or do you have a mixed environment? It's about 90% Mac. And the only Mac computer that we have uh, here in the office is the personal laptop of one of my partners. And that's just his preference. He uses a Mac here in the office. And of course, with all the, the cloud software out there, it, it's you know cross-platform and he can take it on the road or, or work remotely and really not miss a beat working on that PC machine. I've tried to bring him over to the right side, and we may do that yet. But. <laughs> we're going to try to get him to cross over. <laughs> yeah, you so know, we're it, we're Mac. We you know wireless printing. Um, we're we're paperless office. We've got nice. the new wireless ScanSnap scanners. That's pretty cool. At first, did you think I'll probably never use this wireless? The scanner is just awesome. And then the first time you used it, you were like, "Holy moly." I'll use this all the time? Or did you go in knowing you would use the wireless scanner? I knew I would use the wireless scanner. And I, I'll tell you that the trick that really convinced me that wireless, you know, that it was the correct decision is it's not like the connected scanner where it will feed whatever document you scan, it'll only send it to that particular computer. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Dropbox, and I think, I don't know if Clio does this, I think Rocket Matter may do it, where you can actually scan straight to the cloud. Yeah, Clio uh, has a, actually an integration with the scans now. Right. And, and I, I, I think I Rocket Matter might too. Yeah. yeah. yeah so sure. now, you know, I, I have actually two of those scanners in my office, but I'm not even sure I need two because when my paralegal scans a document, it goes straight into Dropbox and we all can access it right away. So there's really no advantage to having multiple wireless scanners in a small law firm. Just grab that scan snap and set it up where it scans straight to the cloud, whichever platform you're using. And it's really great. So uh, that, you know, wireless printing and wireless scanning are two, two huge uh, developments that we're Well, they can certainly save a lot of costs, right? Like mm -hmm. you were saying, because it doesn't have to be directly connected or mm -hmm. networked. So if you are yeah. setting up a new firm and you're trying to, you know, reduce some infrastructure costs, then those are no-brainers. And they all just work so easily these days. We used to complain about how hard it was with Windows. It's not like that anymore, everybody. No. <laughs> Get your scars healed. It's become a lot easier. What about, do you happen to use a, a client portal of any sort? Um, not directly, okay. no. And I tried that out. In fact, I was a Clio user for several years and uh -huh. don't have any problem at all with Clio. That was something that they offered up pretty early mm -hmm. on. And I think for me, it was just that my clients didn't want to learn a new portal. They didn't want to take the time. That was several years ago now, and I think yeah. it's gotten easier to access. Well, I think uh, they've gotten easier to use, too. You know, I, I hear that protest from my clients who are lawyers all the time. They say, my clients aren't going to want to use that. And I say, if your client can get onto Facebook and upload a picture of their grandchild's birthday. They can use these client portals today. You know, it's really funny, D. Todd Smith. Um, <laughs> C. Todd Smith, who's an attorney in Orlando that is actually a dear friend of mine that I had on the show a million episodes ago. One of his differentiators is his client portals. So I don't know, maybe you, you know, take a look back in there one of these days. 
I will do that. I'll tell you, this is actually, it ties back again to my decision to start using Zoom. Uh, another feature that that's available to me is a secure document upload. Sure. Um, that's pretty so cool. So I can send out a link. Uh, I haven't tested this yet, but one of the reasons why I went ahead with it was I can send a link out to a potential client. And so instead of emailing me documents, they yes. can upload it through Zoom and it'll show up huh. on, on my end. So it's not quite the same as a client portal, uh, but it gives some of the same functionality, mainly the concern, of course, being sharing right. confidential data. Yep. Which is, you know, kind of a number one goal for lawyers. Right. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that another thing to consider in all this is is security uh, you know, for the, oh, for gosh. the for the new solo starting out now. Yes, you've got all these great tools available, but you have to be mindful of security. So it's not really a toy; it's a very serious function that we have uh, here in our office. But we do have a VPN. Explain what that means and why you got it and how expensive or inexpensive it was. A VPN is a virtual private network, and it's just the capability of creating a, a direct connection or a secure connection between your system and the internet or your office system if you're if you're connecting to the office uh, virtually doing that securely even though you are uh, using public Wi-Fi is is probably the best example you know if you're on the road you've got everything on your computer but you need you need internet access you hear all the stories about uh, or even in a coffee shop, people you know being able to look at what information, what sites you're visiting, uh, if you're using an unsecured uh, mm -hmm. provider, and that ought to scare the heck out of all the lawyers um, because you just can't afford to have your your confidential data be compromised in any way. So, for me, what a VPN allows me to do is to be on the road, connect through the hotel Wi-Fi if it's in my room or in the lobby or at a conference room, whatever and establish a secure connection so that other people can't see what I'm doing and certainly can't get a hold of my data. Cost, it, I mean, I think you can go out on, on the open market and, and buy a VPN to attach to your computer. I didn't have to think about that because the, the IT group that we use basically set it up for us. Okay, and good. They, they do all the maintenance on our, our computers, and it was just part of our overall uh, Do you outsource your IT support then? I do. I okay, mm -hmm. good. And they take care of it. Um, what do you think someone should be paying roughly a month for outsourced IT support when it's, you know, maybe they just charge you hourly or you have a monthly, I'm not sure, but give us an idea of what you consider a reasonable fee for, I think you said you were five people now with two yeah. locations, adding a third. Well, you think about what it would cost you to hire someone actually as an mm -hmm. employee or, you know, obviously you'd be talking about a contractor for most solos or small firms. Probably a rule of thumb. We we have a flat rate agreement. Uh, it's a it's a monthly retainer. And a good rule of thumb is you might expect to pay, you know, a few hundred dollars a month, uh, which sounds like a lot. Uh, and that's per machine. Uh, it sounds like a lot, but in the cosmic scheme, it's really not. When it comes to even though Macs are relatively uh, easy to maintain and typically don't get viruses and uh, are just you know pretty worry-free, they still have to be maintained to some degree. Yeah. And you still have to do the software updates periodically, and you know sometimes you get uh, hardware problems too. And the folks that do this, they do it remotely, and pretty much I log out at the end of the day, 
uh, and any software updates are run on my machine. And when I'm ready to turn it back on, everything's set up for me. It just works. It just works. Yeah. You're tech stress-free, which I think is incredibly important. I find too many lawyers wasting their time being the technicians and, and being frustrated. And I just, it just drives me crazy, you know, spend a little bit of money and take that stress away, put that, that energy somewhere else. So I think that's really good advice too. I would wholeheartedly recommend there, there are certain things that you just shouldn't do as a new solo. You shouldn't be your own bookkeeper or your own CPA. You shouldn't be your own IT person. That's the hardest thing to let go of though. Uh, I think because you know if you're <laughs> yeah. if you're even at all, which is funny, <laughs> it, it is. But you know, most of us have computers at home that that we maintain on our own, and we think, oh, it's not a big deal; we can do it ourselves. And that may be true, but as soon as you start spending a couple hours a week dealing with computer issues, you know, think about how that time could be turned back into the bottom line. And it pretty soon you, you realize that look, it's an hour of my time that I'm having to to pay, you know, the equivalent to or less for yep. someone to maintain my computer. And it's done all remotely. It's easy. And they're, you know, they will support me anytime I have an issue. Uh, it's really That's one great. of the things that I just consider to be a, a no-brainer. I would wholeheartedly recommend, you know, find a CPA, find a bookkeeper, but also find someone to handle your IT support on an outsourced basis, whether you're using Mac or, or PCs. Yeah. Well, it's been really great having you on this show, Todd. It's been very helpful. I know our listeners will completely appreciate all of your tips and suggestions and your life lessons. Tell everyone how they can friend, find, or follow you out there on the internet. Sure. Uh, I'm on Twitter, and it's D. Todd Smith, just like it sounds. You're so lucky. I I grabbed that pretty early on, and I'm really glad I did. Well, I really mean that your name doesn't have to be spelled every time. I mean, it's D. Todd Smith. Don't get crazy. Don't get funky. Just it it is what it is. Try Adriana Linares. That's not easy. Two D's and an I, I guess, is the most uh, (laughs) complicated explanation I have to give. So, yeah, on Twitter, and I'm usually pretty active on Twitter. Our law firm website is appealsplus.com. Also, just like it sounds, spelled out. I have a, a blog that I've had for 10 years now, I think. Oh, tell us about it. Uh, Where do te- we find it? com. What's that about? Um, just oh, kidding. I'm kidding. I write, yeah, <laughs> as if you couldn't tell from the, from the name. It's a great name. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, we write little short pieces of interest there, typical blog post kind of stuff. And everybody, right. everybody in my firm participates in that. So those are probably the best places to, okay. to find me. Uh, and, of course, all my other contact information is available on both of those, or uh, the website and the blog. Uh, but you could, people could always just reach out to me through Twitter. Well, great. Well, thanks so much, Todd, for taking the time out of what I know is a very, very busy day. We look forward to seeing you back on the show after we get that third office up and running and learn some new cool things. Maybe we can talk about marketing too, because I think you do some good, your, your website looks really good and I know you get into some pretty creative marketing ideas. So we'll, we'll talk about that. But for now, I just want to say thank you so much. Appreciate you coming on the show. Well, thanks for having me. You're so welcome. For all our listeners, you've listened to another episode of New Solo. Thank you so much. Don't forget that this podcast was brought to you by our sponsors. Please visit their websites. And if you enjoyed the show, please head on over to iTunes and give us a nice rating. You can always learn more about the show, our guests, and catch up on past episodes at LegalTalkNetwork.com forward slash New Solo. So until next time, remember, you're not alone. You're New Solo. 
Thanks for listening to New Solo with host Adriana Linares. Tune in again to learn more about how to successfully run your new practice. Solo, here on Legal Talk Network. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. If you're a lawyer running a solo or small firm and you're looking for other lawyers to talk through issues you're currently facing in your practice, join the Unbillable Hours Community Roundtable, a free virtual event on the third Thursday of every month. Lawyers from all over the country come together and meet with me, lawyer and law firm management consultant Christopher T. Anderson, to discuss best practices on topics such as marketing, client acquisition, hiring and firing, and time management. The conversation is free to join, but requires a simple reservation. The link to RSVP can be found on the unbillable hour page at LegalTalkNetwork.com. We'll see you there.